This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. In this edition, I'm joined by a very special guest to preview the Tottenham v Chelsea game, which of course takes place on Monday evening, the return of Maurizio Pochettino. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Barrister, TV personality, the man who has appeared on Mastermind, Are You an Egghead 15 to 1 and The Weakest Link, the world's first chaser, star of the ITV show The Chase, proud voice of Black History Month, known as the Legal Eagle and the Dark Destroyer, and of course, one of the best brains in Britain. It's just another day at the office. A big welcome to Chelsea fan, Sean Wallace. Sean, how are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you doing? Listen, when you read out that sort of introduction, I didn't even recognise myself, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, I want to start, first of all, why Mm. Chelsea? Why are you a Chelsea fan? Right, now, uh, it's given me a big uh, opportunity to plug my book. I wrote a book called Chasing the Dream, um, and um, it sort of sums up my three things that define me, Chris. My love of law, my love of uh, learning, and my love of football. Anyway, as a kid growing up, uh, I used to really look up to a, a big cousin of mine called Roy Walker, and I had another cousin who was a Man United fan called Paul Kitts, who was a brilliant footballer. Anyway, it was the 20th of May, 1967, it was the first Cockney Cup final. And my ne- uh, my uh, uh, cousin, Roy, was a bit... When I say an ardent Spurs fan, ardent Spurs fan. So just to annoy him, we were watching the Cup final. Uh, obviously, it was on black and white TV. So just to annoy him, I said, I'm going to support the team in the dark shirts. <laughs> so we lost 2-1. Uh, uh, Frank Saul and Jimmy Robertson scored. And Bobby Tamerlin got the, uh, uh, the reply. And ever since then... But uh, I've, I've uh, had a love of Chelsea and a sort of uh, an enmity towards Tottenham Hotspur. But the biggest enmity, Chris, you rem- I, 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 don't, I don't think you were even born then, but some of uh, some diehard Spurs fans will remember this. April 1975, White Hart Lane. Chelsea were in 23rd position. I think Spurs were in 22nd. 
the loser went down. Alfie Conn, who Spurs signed from Rangers, got the two goals and sent us down. And from that day, I have never, ever forgiven Spurs. Ever. Sean, one of your favourite catchphrases is, I will never take anything for granted. Yeah. Does that include your football team? Um, I, well, as I say, you know, I've been used to sort of um, success. Obviously, my mate Chris Sweeney is a dear friend of mine who's a big Spurs fan. I was supposed to be going to the game room on uh, Monday. And you know what happened, Chris? I completely forgot the day of uh, uh, the fixture because I thought it was on the 11th. So I said, he said to me, Sean, are you going to come? So I said, no, 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 I can't make him work, Bob. So another friend of mine, Alan Goodwin, who's going to the game, said, Sean, are you going to um, what I lean on the 6th? I said, what are you talking about the 6th? He said, it's the 6th of November. I said, no, 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 no. I'm sure it's the 11th it's on the Saturday. He said, Sean, it's the 6th. So when I checked, it was the 6th. I then rang my mate, Chris. I said, look, Chris, he's still got a ticket. So he's taking his brother. And uh, he was going to say to his brother, look, uh, you can't go because Sean wants to go. But I said, you can't take your brother. He's a big diehard Spurs fan. So I'm going to be sitting at home, Sky Sports TV, surrounded by my Spurs mates uh, and watching the game. Sean, you do go to a lot of uh, Chelsea games home and away there, don't you? I do. But uh, the only, Chris, the only game I look forward to every season, Spurs-Chelsea, Chelsea-Spurs. It's the only game I'm interested in. What do you think of the rivalry? Do you think that rivalry is really intensified over the it last has, years? It has over the years. It has over the years. I, I think it's... I, I tell you when it intensified. When we um, went through that unbeaten run uh, from, you know, up in, from 91 to 2007, where we never lost you in the league. And, uh, you know, we used to obviously call Spurs three-point lane. And it, I think that's when it really intensified. Uh, and I remember in 2002, we had to play you three times in 10 days. We had to play you in the league, we had to play no, we had to play in the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the League. So you beat us. Um, you beat us, I think it was 5-1 in aggregate, and I was furious. Anyway, yeah. but in between the cup games, uh, we beat you 4-0 at home and 4-0 away. And it was just brilliant. It did that you know, it was just fantastic. But um Spurs are really good, you know, we've always had that enmity. Uh, it, it, no, I'm saying we've always had that enmity. It's developed over the years. I think it's even bigger than the, uh, the rivalry between, or just as equal between Spurs and Arsenal. So far, certain Chelsea fans are concerned. I remember the cup game, Sean. I don't remember those league games, though. <laughs> <laughs> you do How... remember when Aaron Lennon got the winner in 2007, though. You remember that, though, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> and I remember the League Cup final, of course, in 2008, right. last time we won a trophy. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. So my friend Chris... He's a close... I've known him for 45 years. So I'm there by myself. He's there with his Spurs mates. He's blanked me. <laughs> what's all this about? Yeah. I said, what's all this about? I said, all right, you stay with your Spurs mates. So we took the 1-0 lead. So I thought, all right, here we go. We're going to win this cup. Uh, so obviously, uh, Berbatov got the equaliser. Spurs played well that day. And Jonathan Woodgate got the winner. But even to this day, I don't care... The last kick of the ball crossed the line and the referee blew the whistle too early. So, so far as I'm concerned, we never lost that game. <laughs> Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How many how many trophies have Chelsea won since 2008? Because, of course, we're still chasing a trophy since that date. Uh, I'd say at least 12. Yeah. yeah at least 12. That's a lot of success. Well, yeah. how, how are you feeling right now as a Chelsea fan? Because As a Chelsea it's... fan, um, I am very, very disappointed uh, with the way in which the owners are directing the club. 
yes, they've come in, uh, you know, they've spent the money. But they think uh, um, because they spent the money, they then should be able to sort of have this scattergun approach in terms of the transfers. And, you know, to spend close on a billion pounds on players, with all due respect, may be promising, but so far as uh, uh, our position is concerned, it's just not happening. Uh, and the one thing we didn't buy is a decent centre-forward. Yeah. Now, decent centre-forwards are a premium. Um, and then Kunku, although a good player when uh, at Leipzig, uh, he's a bit injury-prone because he was supposed to be in the French squad for the last FIFA World Cup and he got injured. Get Chelsea, I thought, right, OK, really excited that this guy's going to come. Had a great pre-season. I think, I think he stepped on a blade of grass. He's out for six months. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see when he comes back after the international break, how he fares. Um, but Chelsea need a, like any striker, you need a, you need a guy who can stick the ball in the back of the net. Sean, I'm going to give you some stats here. Um, 15 Premier League defeats in 2023 for Chelsea. Only okay. one fewer than Chelsea lost in 2021 and 2022 combined. And yeah. Chelsea have only uh, won eight of their past 39 league fi fixtures and only four since Graham Potter left in April. Yeah. What do you put that down to? Uh, I put that down to the fact that um, the players simply uh, we've got uh, are not ready to compete in the Premier League at our highest echelons. That's what I put it down to. Um, I would, I'm gutted the way how Thomas Tuchel was treated. Now, Thomas Tuchel, in the space of, what, 14 months, won the three top trophies a club could win. Yeah. Champions League, uh, the Super Cup, and the World Cup Championships. You, you can't answer that. Okay, you had a bit of a, um, a bad start. And the, I think the only mistake Thomas Tuchel made, I think the same mistake what Eric Ten Hag is making, that what you don't do is to berate your players in public. Because once you berate your players in public, you're going to lose them. They're going to down tools. And that's it, they're not interested. And that's what cost uh, um, Tuchel the job. But what really disappointed me after Thomas Tuchel was dismissed was that Todd Bowley put out a statement saying that uh, he wasn't our guy in the first place. Well, if he wasn't your guy in the first place, once he's taken you to third place in the league in the, the end of 2021-2022, uh, all you had to yeah. say to him was, thank you very much, Thomas. Bye. Don't keep him on. We keep him on for If he's not your guy, don't keep him. So to me, um, uh, the uh, current Chelsea ownership think that they can bring the American uh, uh, sports breaks approach to the Premier League, and it does not, does not work. Okay, they've had a scattergun approach, uh, whereby uh, if uh, one club is going for a player, what we'll do, we'll pay twenty million pounds over the odds to make sure we get him. Yeah, it's 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 just it's just pathetic, and. Um, I'm just not impressed with them at the moment in time. Sean, do a, lot of, do a lot of Chelsea fans feel like that? And do a, did, did a yeah, lot of Chelsea fans? Of course they do. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they do. Chris, they feel the same way. And, um, and I'm sure Spurs fans, uh, you know, up until what you, uh, the sort of uh, the Spurs renaissance that you're going through now, would have had the same attitude. Uh, now, okay, you've gone through the success of the managers and people obviously put it down to uh, Daniel Levy. I personally, strangely enough, I've got a great deal of respect for Daniel Levy, and I'll tell you the reason why. Right? He's one of the best negotiators. If he wants a million pounds and a penny, guess what he's going to get? A million pounds and a penny and nothing less. Mm. So 
you can't knock that approach. Um, I, I think what um, Daniel Levy was doing uh, in terms of uh, the managers uh, uh, he appointed, obviously, there were Chelsea cast-offs. So you've got uh, Villas Boas, you've got Mourinho, you've got uh, Conte. Uh, and um, so far as the latter two is concerned, Mourinho and Conte, they do uh, they play in a certain way. They play what I consider to be no-risk football. Mourinho, I call him the George Graham of, of, of uh, uh, Portuguese football. No risk. If you want somebody to put trophies on your cabinet, uh, uh, but you don't want the attractive football, Mourinho's the guy for you. I would never have got rid of Mourinho a week before uh, the uh, uh, Carabao Cup final against Man City because I thought Spurs could have beat Man City. I personally. agree. Yeah. Personally. Right? Yeah. I, I think, you know, you, you, you can never know, but Mourinho knows how to get the better, especially of uh, people like um, uh, Guardiola. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Sean, how are you feeling right now that Spurs are playing some super entertaining, attractive football? You know what? You know what? All my Spurs mates are giving me a lot of stick because over the years I've 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 murdered them. And you know what? Guess what? Fair play to them. Now, my close mate, as I say, a guy called Christopher Sweeney, is a close, close, close friend of mine. Uh, uh, and he basically said to me, um, you know, uh, remind me, uh, make sure you tell Chris that. Uh, is it Destiny Doji or something like that? Is the best left back in the world? I said he yeah. might be. Chris. Well, if he becomes the best left back in the world, you better worry, mate, because he might not be exposed very longer. So, yeah, as long as he's playing really good football, that's fantastic. Uh, when I saw, uh, I was away uh, just at the start of the Premier oh, no, I was away in New Zealand in uh, June, and obviously um, I knew Poster Cogley was going to leave Celtic uh, because, you know, once you've won the treble, um, and you've done a double before, where can you go? Yeah. You want to set yourself. And I, I, I was saying to myself, I wish Chelsea would sign him. Because the one thing I know, I like about Postacoglu, right, is his man management skills in terms of footballers is second to none. Now, when you sign um, when you sign Madison, because I thought Madison might end up in Newcastle because of the fact that he might be sort of swayed by the fact that there's Champions League football and, you know, let me go there. But... Sp- Madison's going to be the signing of the season. He's the signing of the season so far. I've always liked James Madison. He's a superb little footballer. Um, I was so glad when um, Southgate took him to the World Cup. It's a shame he got injured. But now he's showing what he can do in terms of being the number nine, who, uh, number 10, who can play in pockets, who can spot a pass, uh, create a, a good relationship with uh, Son. Um, and uh, they're just playing fantastically well. So I can't knock Spurs. Whether or not, They've got the depth uh, and the experience to challenge at the uh, uh, business end of the, uh, uh, the league. It's going to be another matter. That's well, where I'm going to go, Sean. Do you, do you think Spurs are title contenders? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I do. I do. Whether or not... Uh, and the advantage they've got is the same advantage we had in 2016, 2017. Because when um, I never forget, I was with I was in Grenada with my mates, and we just uh, played Sp- uh, Arsenal, and they battered us three 0 Well, and Chris, the abuse I got from Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea mates was horrendous. And I said to my mates, all we need to do is two phrases. It's called tweak and adjust. And what uh, Conte did, all of a sudden he's playing the wing back system. Next thing you know, we won thirteen games on a bounce, and we went on to win the league. Now. So far, and the advantage we had is that we weren't playing European football. So if you're not playing European football, you can rest, you can pick your first team players, 
And if you've got a good nucleus of uh, players of about 17 or 18 who can step in uh, when certain players are not playing, then you're going to win the league. And that's exactly what happened to Chelsea in 2017. Now, Spurs have that opportunity. But I am uh, a bit concerned that if you don't, in the January window, go out and buy some... You need about three quality signings who can really add to that. And if Spurs are there or thereabouts, then, you know what? They're in for a real shout. Well, we all know as Spurs fans that we always seem to leave it to the last minute. But when we did that a couple of years ago, we ended up with Benton Kerr and Kulisewski, which was, uh, you know, great, great two signings. Yeah. Um, but Postacoglu has already come out and said that he wants the the, the, the signings in early. So that, that's going to be interesting. Sean, um, what have you made of Ange Postacoglu's appointment, though? Because the impact that he has had on the football club, you know, not just for Spurs. I'm thinking like the whole Premier League era. I've never, ever seen really? a manager have an impact so quickly. You know what, Chris? When, uh, when I picked up the news when I was in New Zealand, this would be, oh, no. <laughs> why did we let him? Why, why didn't Bowley and that lot go for Postacoglu? Because the way in which he conducted himself uh, in India. Hold on. Does that mean you're disappointed with the appointment of Pochettino? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is if it, if it was down to me, I would, I would have chosen Postacoglu. Okay. Right? I would have chosen Postacoglu. Because uh, to all intents and purposes, uh, the talk on the street was po uh, Pochettino was going back to Spurs. And, and sometimes I think sometimes you should never go back. Not really. Uh, and in a way... Um, Pochettino, when he first came into um, the league, he was brilliant at Southampton. He was excellent at Spurs. I still think that um, Levy was a bit too trigger happy to get rid of him when he did, because obviously some teams always go through a lull. Support. Look, look at look at the. Remember last year? All of a sudden, when uh, Eric Ten Hag had won the uh, League Cup, they were talking about winning the, the rest of the three trophies on offer. Yeah. Really? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Man United have been winning all four trophies. Really? Okay. They went on a little slump. Okay. Just goes to show. Right. They backed him. He went out and spent how much? Nearly three to four hundred million pounds. Where are they now? All of a sudden, the talk is that if he survives by Christmas, he'll be lucky. But sometimes you can't be too trigger happy because teams go do go through slumps. Man City goes through a slump. Happens, Sean. You mentioned it there. What do Manchester United do? I know we're getting a little bit off topic here, but what do Manchester United do and, and, and clubs when they have a, a few poor results and a few poor performances? Do they give someone like Ten Hag the time, and do they give yes. him more money to spend in January? I, I still think he should be given the time. Um, I, I, I still you, you've appointed that manager for a reason. Okay. Um, the one thing with uh, people like Ten Hag, oh, he's in comparison to post, uh, um, um, your manager, is that your manager does all his talking behind closed doors. If he's going to berate a player, he's going to do it behind closed doors. If he doesn't want you in a squad, you know what he's going to do? He's going to take you aside and say, listen, sorry, but you're not in my 23. Okay? Hugo Lloris last year was a team captain. Hugo Lloris this time last year was preparing for a World Cup. Hugo Lloris last year was on the verge of becoming a captain to win a double World Cup. Where is he now? Kicking his heels. Because, yeah. you know, my plans. But he did it in such a way not to disrespect you, as opposed to Ten Hag, 
who's basically come out and, you know, trying to be this hard taskmaster. And sometimes players do not respond to that way. They won't. And you've seen it happen. Down tools, not everyone play for you anymore. And the results go by, they're going to go by. But the one thing I know, I'm still going to be here. That manager's going to be gone. So uh, I still think they should give him time. Um, if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't change by, I mean, if they lose today uh, and they don't qualify for the Champions League, it's bye bye ten half. It's just simple as that. Sean, um, now, are you seeing improvements under Maurizio Pochettino? Um, how did you feel when Pochettino was appointed as Chelsea boss? I was pleased, and I'll tell you the reason why I was pleased is because of the fact, that, as I said to you before, this scattergun approach which the Chelsea hierarchy have uh, adopted in terms of signing all these players on lengthy contracts, because they think that's going to sort of uh, circumvent the, uh, uh, the financial fair play, it probably will. Uh, but, you know, it's unheard of of signing a player at age 21 on an 80-year contract. It's ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're doing so because I think that's a way of circumventing PPP. These are young players. Okay, they've got the potential. That's all it is. It's the potential. Uh, and uh, if anybody who has a, a good track record of nurturing and bringing on young players, then Pochettino's your man. Um, but as you know, Chris... In football, you don't get time, mm. especially uh, with a club like Chelsea. Uh, if uh, Abramovich was still in charge, he'd probably be gone. Um, he probably would be gone. Uh, sure. the, one, the one thing I loved about Abramovich, it seemed to be a, a bit strange in relation to the approach, but I used to call it car crash management uh, because that car crash management uh, always brought a trophy. Once you sat one manager, you brought another manager in, Bang, trophy. Okay. Mm. Next one. Mark. Okay. Look, look at how we treated the, um, Di Matteo. Di Matteo done a double. The FA Cup in the league. He had a bad start. Guess what? Out. Right. Benitez in. Who would bring Rafa Benitez to Chelsea? Right. Probably, as I say, in the early noughties. You remember the sort of fierce rivalry between Mourinho and Benitez. He came. Guess what he did? At the end of the season, plonk. A trophy down. See ya. And don't, that's what we're used to. Don't the Chelsea fans get a little bit frustrated sometimes, Sean, that they, they go through so many managers? I Listen, we, we're still singing sometimes Tommy Tuchel, you know, he's exactly what we need. He is. But um, of course it's frustrating because you want to see continuity. You yeah. do want to see continuity. But at the end of the day, uh, the one thing with Chelsea fans from 2005 to, you know, 2022... Um, yeah, we've gone through a success. In the, uh, the only manager uh, who wasn't sacked was Maurizio Sarri. And he left on his own accord because he jumped before he was pushed. Who's been your favourite uh, Premier League manager at Chelsea? Um, I've, got, I've got to say the early version of uh, Mourinho. Because he was cocky, he was arrogant. Yeah. The special one. Okay, you were. But what he didn't deliver was the Champions League. Sean, describe the last month to me um, as a Chelsea fan, because in the last month you beat Fulham and Burnley away. Uh, you then drew 2-2 against Arsenal at Stamford Bridge, which in my opinion, I watched that game. You should have won that. You should have <laughs> put that to bed. Um, and then, of course, you lost at home to Brentford 2-0. 
yeah. um, and most recently beat Blackburn in the Carabao Cup 2-0. Yeah. Um, what's it been like the last month or so? It's been extremely frustrating. It looks like Chelsea seem to be getting themselves up uh, um, for the big games and basically think that all you've got to do is to turn up when you're playing the so-called lesser teams. And as I say, uh, the one thing about the so-called lesser teams, uh, uh, Brentford in particular, when they play with a low block, when they get all the players behind the ball, Chelsea haven't got the sort of um, Madison-esque type footballer who can pick that pass, who can spread that needle. We just haven't got it. Uh, um, and, and, you know, after a while, yeah, Chelsea played some lovely little football around the edges, but if there's no end product or cutting edge, then guess what's going to happen? The frustration's going to go. You're going to run out of ideas. You're going to run out of ideas because you haven't got the, uh, uh, um, the experience to actually know what to do next because they're relatively youthful players. Next thing you know, a team breaks away and they score. And it's another sort of depressing evening. Last uh, week, I was in, I was at uh, Paris for the World Cup final uh, to watch uh, uh, New Zealand and Paris. And a couple of uh, uh, guys I knew obviously recognised who I was and they knew I was a Chelsea fan. So I knew that Chelsea were playing a, 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 an afternoon kickoff. So as I was going to Paris, what I normally do, Chris, I normally constantly advising. I'm always advising. So I've got on my phone, uh, mastermind and sort of a university challenge. I'm listening to <laughs> Somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, he was a he was he was a non-Chelsea fan. He goes, oh, all right, sure. I said, all right. I said, um, how you going? I said, yeah, good. I said, I'm going to Liverpool to Paris. I said, yeah. He goes, I've got some bad news here. I said, what's that? He goes, Chelsea are losing, and a big fan, a big thing came on his face. I said, really? Okay. So I've looked at the time and I thought we've got half an hour left. So when we are losing, you know, I think to myself, okay, let's, let's just wait to see what happens by the end. But hopefully, you know, if I don't sort of follow it, I'll be sort of really sort of fretting. You know, they may have equalised. By the time I got to Paris, um, the final score, Chelsea knew uh, to uh, nil Brentford two. That was it. I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to have a bad day now. I'm going to Paris. I want New Zealand to win the Rugby World Cup. And guess what happened? They lost by a point. Well, I saw that stat the other day, Sean, that I think Brent, Brentford have won more. more Hold on. It gets better. When I've come back now, I've chained my bike up. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say next, isn't it? Then nick the wheels. <laughs> so, so, so what, what a hat trick. Sean, do you get a lot of banter when you're out and about? And, and oh, yeah. yeah and, I, and I love that. That's fantastic. Random yeah, questions, expecting you to know the answer. Yeah, sometimes, you know, obviously everybody wants to beat a chaser. We want to see how clever you are. Because obviously when I won Mastermind, Chris, uh, they were all on, my special subject was football. So in the first round, it was European Cup final since 1970. And I took 1970 as a seminal year because that was the obviously Chelsea won the FA Cup for the first time. In the semi-final, because Chelsea were uh, because England and I obviously followed the England football team, and I'll tell you a story about that in a moment. Harry Kane, right? Um, they I, I did all of England, all, all of the matches in the European Championship from 1963 to, 60, uh, to 2004, and because I live a stone's throw from uh, Wembley, uh, I did FA Cup final since 1970. So football's my bag. Do you, do you ever get any football questions on the chase? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then if they know it's come, then they're going to answer it. Really. Yeah. And, I, and I'm the type of guy who can give the uh, uh, back information to it if, uh, if necessary. So going back to Harry Kane now. Right, so um, the England football team had invited me to Qatar. Because last year I, was at the, um, I went to my third World Cup final. I was in Qatar for the Argentina-France game. But... Um, they contacted me because they wanted me to quiz the England football team. I thought, 
Because we were supposed to do that in 2020. But what happened, uh, got along, then all of a sudden, because of the COVID restrictions, they blacked, they blocked everything else, so I couldn't get into St. George's Park. So I was really disappointed. But I got the email, Can I, uh, will you come to Qatar to, um, to uh, coach the Cuisine uh, football team? Because Robbie Williams was there, and I think a couple of other fans. I said, brilliant. But I sent them back an email. I said, I'm going to Qatar anyway. I said, I can do, I'll only do it on condition that England are in the last four. Because if England are in the last four, they're either going to be in the third, fourth place playoff or they're going to be in the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. They said, cool. Anyway, watching the England France game now, right? It's 2 1. It's a penalty. So I'm stood up now. This is me. England Hotel football team, here I come. When Harry Kane kicked that ball, which is now apparently uh, just approaching Jupiter, yeah, that, that kick, right? It's still my, going. Yeah, it, it's still going. My chances of um, uh, uh, quitting the England football team just started there. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, is, is that where all the um, the quizzing uh, type thing happened in 2004 when you went on to Mastermind? Is that where it all started for you? No, no, no. It started... Um, it started as a kid. I used to love watching programs like University Challenge, and uh, I, were, I watched the very first Mastermind back in 1972. And I was always fascinated, Chris, how people could put themselves through the ordeal of sitting in a black chair, being uh, quizzed by an intimidating quiz master. And I wanted to see how good I was because it's easy sitting in the comfort of your sofa, uh, you know, answering questions. And um, I wanted to see how good I was. And um, look where it took me. It just changed my life, really. Wow. Sean, I want to get your thoughts on Tottenham since Pochettino left. Because, of course, on the 1st of June, you know, I was there, 2019, Champions League final, up to that penalty decision. That was one of the best days of my life. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. And didn't ever think the Spurs would get to a Champions League final. And, of course, in November 2019, Pochettino was sacked. I remember feeling like it was like a death in the family, as did a lot of Spurs fans. They were all very disappointed. A lot of us thought that he had more than enough credit in the bank to keep his job. Since yeah. then, of course... Uh, Nuno, uh, sorry, Jose Mourinho was appointed uh, that very next day. Nuno Espirito Santo, Antonio Conte, Ryan Mason's come in for a couple of stints. Uh, Stellini took over, of course, when Conte left. Postacoglu's there now. What have you made of the last four years or so at Tottenham? Right. Can I go back to the semi-final against Ajax? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the hat-trick. What was his name? Lucas Moura. Oh, I've got goosebumps, actually, while you talk about this. Right. Right, okay. Lucas Moore's got a hat trick, right? Spurs are in the final. I'm gutted, but they're in the final, right? Because obviously, you know, I'm getting loads of I'm I'm getting loads of sticks from my Spurs mate. Oh, but hold on, I, I, I'm just absolutely oh, delighted. Let me finish this, and I'm telling you, Harry Kane, in my opinion, was selfish when he came to that final. He wasn't fit, right? He wasn't fit, and you know, guess what? Lucas Moura was on fire. Yeah. You know what you do? You play a man in form. You know that Harry Kane's on the bench. If he needs to come on and change the thing, you bring him on. Yeah. But I personally think, personally, that Harry Kane put himself first before the term, uh, team because he was not match fit. No way was he match fit. No way. As to the penalty, as the rule stood, it was a penalty. As a, as a rule stood, I thought... Yeah, but as the rule stood, Chris, as the rule stood, it said if it hits any part of your arm, irrespective of whether or not it was accidental or not, it's a penalty. Harsh? 
Yes, but those were the rules at the time. During the game, there were three chances Spurs had to win that game. Three chances. They blew every single one of them. Sorry. They came back in. Because Liverpool, sometimes you can score too early in a game. Scored in the one minute. For, listen, Holland scored in the first minute in the 1974 World Cup final. You know what they did? They were celebrating. Guess what? They ended up losing it. Yeah. England scored in the first minute of the 2021 European Cup uh, European Championship final. Gareth Southgate decided he thought he could defend for 90 minutes. Guess what? Ended up losing it. So when you score in the first minute, so what? So what? Spurs in that game came back into the game. You you were there. I saw it. I was watching. On, I was going to Canada. I was watching it on my phone. Yeah. All right. The chances Spurs had three clear chances to win that game to, to go at least two on up. Didn't take it. What they do? Liverpool sent on the substitute Origi. Guess what? Bang, 2-0, it's all over. And from there, and from there, you know what? Obviously, the disappointment is going to be palpable. I know what it was like. In 2008, I couldn't go to Moscow uh, because as a black man, uh, I didn't want to sort of chance it going to Moscow by myself. So I had 15 Man United fans round my house for the European Cup final, Chelsea versus Man United. As John Terry stepped up to take that penalty, I've got a big cigar, lit it, right? This is me. We're about to win the European Cup. Great. When that ball hit the post, you could hear the noise in my house all the way to Moscow. When my boy stepped up uh, with a two, with a two, uh, Nicholas and Elka had done a two step up to take a penalty. I turned to the boys and said, I turned around and I shake my mate. I said, he's going to miss this. I said, congratulations on the European Cup. And guess what he does? He, he, might, he, might as well, he might as well have done a back pass. It was so pathetic. Sean, going back to Maurizio Pochettino's sacking, when Jose yeah. Mourinho came in, I must say that I was very, very disappointed, very angry that Pochettino was sacked. But when, when Mourinho was appointed, I was then thinking, wow, this is a statement. This, is gonna, yeah. this appointment is going to bring Tottenham Hotspur a trophy. Absolutely, because you know why? He knows how to win trophies. But the one thing about Mourinho, Mourinho doesn't like to use Mourinho likes to use experienced players who play to a system, right? He's not interested in football frills or football sort of um, you know uh, fancy dance. He's not interested in that. That's why I will never ever forgive him for selling Kevin De Bruyne and Mo Salah. Well, I, I can't forgive him. Mm. Because when I first when I first saw Kevin De Bruyne came over from we signed him for seven point six point seven million pounds. I thought myself, this guy's a good footballer. This guy's a really good footballer. We've got Eden Hazard on the left, right? We've got my boy on the right. I thought to myself, guess what? <laughs> Something's gonna happen here. He ain't playing him. So my so the one thing I love about Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne has gone into Mourinho's office and said, okay, you don't rate me, but you know, guess what? Let me go, because I want to play in the 2014 World Cup final. All right, you can go. Wolfsburg signed him. Within four months, he was a German footballer of the year. This is me. Yeah. Next thing you know, Man City have said, sign him. What were you? So, so for me, right, uh, when, when, when Mourinho came in, I thought Spurs were going to win a trophy because he plays no risk football. But you Spurs fans, and I don't blame you, because you're used to sort of, you know, being entertained with the huddles and the sort of hazards in the early 80s and going back even further. Yeah. You want, you want to win a trophy with a bit of style. 
But when it's turgid football and it's uh, you, you know and it's not exciting, then you you know then the wait the natives are going to get restless, and this is exactly what happened. How did you feel as a Chelsea fan when Antonio Conte was appointed as Spurs boss? You know what? We, we were taking the mickey because we, we were always basically saying that's the fourth time that Spurs have used a Chelsea cast-off. Huddle in... <laughs> I said, well, you, you can't call them cast-offs. They, they, they want your trophies. Villas Boas didn't. Villas Boas I mean, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte, they can't be cast-offs, surely. They got sacked, so they cast off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Once you get sacked, Chris, you're a cast off, brother. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Once you get sacked, you're a cast off. So we we will take the Mickey. Oh, uh, listen, I was on I was on the phone to all my Spurs mates. Here, there you go again, another Chelsea cast off. Let's see what's going to happen here now. But as I say, with Conte, with Conte, Conte knows how to win leagues. Did it at Juventus when when we signed him in 2016. I said to my I said to my friends, I'm telling you now. Chelsea going to win the league this season. They were laughing at me. I said, Chelsea going to win the league this season, eh? <laughs> We're going to win the league this season. Why did you say that, Sean? I said, listen, he was at Juventus, yeah? He won the league three times in a row. He went to Italy. He took Italy to the champ. He took Italy to the um, European Championship final where they lost to Spain. So that guy knows how to win leagues, okay? They did listen to me. Fine. What happened? We won the league. One thing with Conti, he lost a dressing room. Because we had a great striker in Diego Costa, and Chelsea need Chelsea needed that rugged centre forward who was nasty, dirty, horrible, but could score goals. We missed that. We missed that, Chris. We ha we haven't had a striker like that since. Yeah. Right. He won us two champions. He won he won two Premier League titles. What? Because he was bully. He was a bully. He was he was horrible. He was nasty to play against. But guess what? He knew where the back of the net was. But what you don't do, you don't disrespect the player in public. You don't do that. Because ultimately, you're going to lose the dressing room. And that's exactly what happened. Okay, he left He left with the FA Cup. But what happened in the end? He got the sack. Sean, were you surprised when Harry Kane left? No. No, I, I, I personally think that... Um, I, I can understand um, Levy's uh, approach to keeping uh, probably um, uh, one of the best, if not the best centre-forward in the world. But at the end of the day, he wasn't bringing you... Uh, it wasn't winning you trophies. He's getting older. So what you do, you cash, it, you cash in on him. Right? If I was Harry... Harry Kane could have basically um, said, look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to give you one more year. I'm going to leave it a free. But you've had a player at the age of 31... Uh, uh, you know, unless you won something with Postecoglou, he's going to leave. I was slightly disappointed because I, you know, I think one day Harry Kane will come back to Spurs to play. So do I. I do. I think he will. He just wants. He just. You can't blame a player like him who scored all those goals, has won all those caps, has got all those accolades, but has not got a team winners' medal to basically look back on his career and say, you know, what, guess what. It was really good when I was with uh, Matt and those boys and we won that same thing. Were you surprised it was Bayern Munich, though? No, uh, because at the end of the day, um, the, one thing I like, the one thing I respect about Daniel Levy, you might not like his approach, but if he says, Harry, I, 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 if Harry Kane's going to be playing for another club, it's not in England. I don't care. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. Unless, some, unless Man United had put down £200 million, he probably would have thought about it, probably would have taken the money. But so far as Daniel Levy is concerned, and you can understand that, that you uh, Harry Kane is not going to be playing against Spurs in the Premier League. So, you know, guess what? Go abroad. Sean, what have you made of Tottenham's style of football under Postacoglu this season? Because, of course, I'm going to say I'm going to say it again. We sit in top of the league table, played yeah. one eight, yeah. drawn two. Yeah. Um, he's had the best start of any manager's career in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. The style of football is brilliant, and what you've got, me personally thinking, you've got the best centre back pairing in the league so far. You had that uh, when you had the two Belgian boys. Yeah. Do you remember? Where oh, yeah. They were fantastic. They were, and now you've got a World Cup winner on Ramiro. You've got, Mac, uh, you've got uh, Van der Ven, who I, I just cannot understand how Ten Hag, who's Dutch, this guy's Dutch, you're looking for a centre-half, you don't want to be signing him. He's an unbelievable player. I've got, to, I've got to say, Sean, because a lot of Spurs fans, particularly in recent seasons, have really um, criticised our recruitment. And the recruitment this summer was unbelievable. Uh, Madison, Vicario, yeah. uh, a lot of people want David Rad. And, and, and you know, a lot of people have um, slaughtered uh, Daniel Lee and said he, he has spent the money. Was it in Dombele, He cost £65 million. Yeah. But sometimes... Certain players are not cut out for this league. I, I think, though, you as a Chelsea fan would probably know best about spending money because it's all well and good going out and spending money because a lot of Spurs fans say this every single transfer window, um, you know, criticising Daniel Levy in the board, saying, just go out and spend, just go out and spend. Sometimes it's not about spending the right had, players. They have. they have done that, right? They have done that. They have backed the manager. No Spurs fan can't basically say, listen... The way in which uh, you've got to respect the way how Daniel Levy has managed that Spurs club. You've moved into a, the, probably the best stadium in Europe, if not the world. Right? You've then got to have a transfer budget to try and have uh, players to actually play and grace in that particular stadium. It's hard to balance that. It's very difficult to balance that. Right? So when I heard Spurs fans bemoaning the fact that, ah, he ain't spent that much. Well, he, well he did, they did. Guess what? You bought the wrong. You bought players who ultimately turn out not to be good enough. Yeah. That Dombele had brilliant. Remember that goal he scored against Sheffield United? Yeah, yeah. Great goal. But you know, as 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 Mourinho was saying, if you if you're not prepared to train hard to actually, you think you can just rely on your talent? No, you can't rely on your talent because the Premier League is the hardest league in the world. And if you think I can just do that, turn on the tap without putting in the hard work or the hard yard, do you know what you're going to do? You're going to fail. And that's exactly what happened. 
So How would Spurs have spent that money? But the players that they bought, right, have let the manager down who uh, wanted those players because Levy backed uh, that manager. I don't know whether you saw it, Sean, in the last couple of days. There were lots of reports coming out stating that Galatasaray are now a little bit frustrated with Tongyon Dombele because he's meant to be on a strict diet and he was ordering a hamburger and he had a, a row with the, uh, with the manager about yeah. it. He's only started once um, for the Turkish side as well. How would you manage a player like that? Because, of course, he's still under contract for Spurs. He's our record signing, by the way. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you try your best. You, you know, you basically remind them of the responsibilities. You remind them of the fact that you've got the talent and, you, you know, you're one of the privileged few. But if you don't want it, if you're not prepared, if you're, if you're not prepared to put the hard work in and you basically think that because I'm a footballer, I can do what I like, then you know what? Guess what? Me, personally, I'd rather write the money off because you'd be sitting in the stands. Because you're not helping the team, you're not helping me. And one day, you know what, guess what? Those contracts are going to run out. And yeah. people will see what you are like. And nobody's going to want to touch. You will even make the Isthmian League. And that's no disrespect to the Isthmian League. Yeah. Sean, staying with recruitment, um, do you think Pochettino has the final say on signings? Because I remember Graham Potter stating that he, he's going to work with the players that, that come in. Um, hinting that a lot of these players were club signings. Exactly. Antonio Conte, when he was Spurs boss, said that he had club signings, such as Jed Spence. You know, he didn't play Jed Spence. He's, he's now gone out on loan. Yeah. Um, do you think that there is much control as there used to be with, with uh, I'm going to say, well, I was going to say managers, but head coaches? Because I remember um, the summer before Pochettino was sacked, um, we were playing um, a pre-season friendly in Bayern Munich. Um, in a tournament, and, and and he actually said in the press conference there, I am not the manager, I am the head coach. And for yeah. me, personally, I think that's when it all changed at yeah. Spurs. But how much control do you think these head coaches have? I don't think they have any at all. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I do hanker after the good old days whereby, um, you know, managers, uh, they were their signings and they lived and died by their signings. And, you know, this so-called uh, content approach of having a sort of director of football, it just does not work. Unless you've got somebody who uh, is your director of football, who you play with and uh, is in line with your thinking. Because once it starts to all go wrong, all of a sudden the director of football has the power to determine whether or not A, we sign that player, or B, whether or not you're going to be the next manager. So I've never been a fan of this so-called uh, uh, dual approach of having a director of football and a head coach. I think it's got to, uh, you know, um, and I think they, uh, the reason why they took, um, they created that approach, because obviously you had those sort of um, problems whereby, you know, if managers were basically signing players, next thing you know, uh, there was these uh, um, accusations of managers taking a sort of, you know, sweetener or a backhander, which was going straight into their pocket. And, you know, certain managers have sadly uh, been exposed for that. And I'm not going to name names, because obviously... Uh, I don't yeah. want any flying around. Uh, so that's why they've developed this uh, uh, um, um, so-called continental approach. But I've never really been... OK, it's working at Man City. And I'll tell you the reason why it works at Man City. Because um, I can't remember, is it Taxawain or whatever his name is? And Guardiola are like that. Yeah, they're like that. They were together at Barcelona. When he came in, he's report, he, he, he recruited uh, uh, Guardiola. So they, 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 their philosophy is the same. But if you've got uh, a director of football uh, uh, who doesn't have a rapport or a relationship with the head coach, once it starts to go wrong, the head coach is exposed. 
okay, the director of football might sign those players. He may turn around and say, okay, you coach those players now. This is my signing. You coach them. If that's not your type of player, then it can only go one way and one way only for a head coach. Through the door, you're going to go. So I've never been a fan. Um, I think Pochettino is making noises now uh, that he wants to have more of a say in the signings because he's got, a manager's got to have that say. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I want to play. I want players who are going to fit into my coaching style, fit into my coaching philosophy, fit into my playing philosophy, and that's what Pochettino. That's what Pochettino's done. Yes. Yeah. Exactly what he's done, and he, and I'm sure he had a say. All right, no signing. And what I loved about Pot uh, 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 was all the sort of saga going on uh, uh, behind, is Kane staying? Is he staying? Is he staying? Or everybody was fretting, not him. He went fretting. If he stays, great. If he doesn't, guess what? I'm still, this is going to be my philosophy. This is going to be my playing style. And when Kane started to go, guess what? Didn't, it didn't, uh, interrupt uh, um, uh, his vision. Oh, obviously, it's gone better than he expected. I'm sure. He, I'm sure when he came, he hoped to be playing good football. But I didn't think he thought he'd be up the top of the league. But it doesn't surprise me because, as I say, for the last couple of years, that's where that's what he's used to with Celtic. So he's used to that. So he's he's now saying to those Spurs players now, listen, this is how we play football. This I want you to. I'm going to give you James the license to basically play here. Because you're a good footballer, I'm going to trust you in relation to playing in relation to the system uh, that I want to sort of impose upon Spurs. Yeah, not not to, uh, sort of uh, safety first, no risk football. You're good footballers. I trust you. I trust you to basically, you know, take the ball on the edge of the uh, uh, with your back to goal with uh, you know players because I know you've got the confidence and the skill to basically know what to do with it. And once you've been given that confidence and that license by your manager. You know, guess what? You're going to grow as a footballer. And the one thing I like about Song uh, is that he's such an adaptable footballer. He's in tune with any class footballer he plays with. Mm. That's, what, that's what makes him so good. We went to, so me and my mate Chris, we went to um, the first Spurs game, Brentford Spurs. Went to that game. I saw you there, yeah. Did you see? Yes, this is when we first met, wasn't it? That's right. That's when we first met. Of course. Sorry, Chris. Uh, yeah, and you saw the way house, but okay, they were losing, but they didn't lose their shape. They didn't lose, and I'll tell you, it's been a really good sign of you. Your goalkeeper, wow. yeah, yeah, what a been great. I've got to say, Sean, a lot of people were disappointed. Um, they thought that Spurs went with the cheaper option because we were talking to David Ray at the time. But but what you've said there, it's not only the men's first team that has really changed. Uh, the women's team, the under 18s, the yeah. under 21s, we're, we're, they're all playing. Uh, super entertaining football and it just seems to be like a mentality change as well at the football club and I think Ange Postacoglu has, has been a, a massive part of that of so, of so early on so early on so, and you know uh, what the, the, the asset's going to be the key test's going to be because you know that Spurs are not going to keep this up forever they're not it's not sustainable right they are going to lose games it's how they recover it's how they react it's how the Spurs fans react if they do go through a sort of mini slump where they're losing three games out of five, it's not the end of the world. Sure. But I... what I will say, Chris, what I will say is that I, I still think, uh, and certain team, 
One of the things that um, I, I thought was against Postacoglu, uh, not Postacoglu, Pochettino was at Spurs, is that he focused in on two trophies, Champions League and Premier League. Only certain teams can win that. When uh, Liverpool were in their pomp, when Nottingham Forest were in their pomp, when Manchester City were beginning to dominate, the first trophy they concentrated on was the League Cup. I when think Pochettino will do that with Chelsea this season. Yeah. When you win the League Cup, you know what it does? It sets your season up. Yeah. Right? You feel confident. Right? And if you're in the mix for... In 2007, I thought Chelsea were going to do the Grand Slam. I was confident we were going to do the Grand Slam. We won the League Cup. Uh, we beat uh, Arsenal uh, for the first time in the Cup Final. Right? Uh, we were in the... Uh, we were top of the league. We were in the semi-final of the European Cup. Uh, and we're in the semi-final of the FA Cup. So I'm sitting here thinking now, you know, guess what? The Grand Slam's on. We, went, we ended up winning two trophies out of four. We finished second in the league, and we got knocked out by Liverpool again in the semi-final. So for me, any team who called themselves a top team shouldn't look their nose down uh, on a trophy like the, the Carabao Cup or the League Cup because it's an important uh, um, um, trophy which can be the springboard to your team really pushing on. Sean, you mentioned the FA Cup there. Of course, Spurs last won the FA Cup in 91. We won it for a record eighth time. Yeah. You, will, you will know that. It was your specialist subject on Mastermind. I was asked a question in the grand final. You know the question I was asked? And you'll get it right. Go on. Uh, 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 who did Paul Gaskell in flower before he got injured and got taken off? Oh, Gary Charles. Yeah. Um, are you surprised that Spurs haven't won uh, an FA Cup since 91. And are you surprised that Spurs haven't won a League Cup since 2008? Yes. Because yes. it's a long time. Yes, I am. For, for a club of Spurs history and tradition, um, yes, I am. Uh, and as I say, only certain teams can win the, uh, the league. Yeah? Okay, Leicester bucked the trend. We bucked the trend because obviously we had the spending financial power to actually recruit all the players to eventually get it right. And all of a sudden, we start winning three, four, five Premier Leagues. So only certain teams can win it. Spurs can get to that because Spurs had two chances in 2016. And he finished to us the following year, winders up in 2017. So Spurs had the players to do so. But what I thought that um, uh, when Spurs were really under Pochettino, uh, really knocking on the door, actually winning trophies, especially the Premier League, their focus was too narrow. They disrespected the FA Cup. They disrespected the League Cup and they thought it's either Premier League, Champions League or bust. And ended up being bust. Sean, were you at the 2-2 draw, the Battle of the Bridge? No, no. Let me tell you the story. I'm supposed to go. Right. So I'm with my Spurs mates. We're all, we're all of them. Right. You got, you got 2-0 up at the bridge. Right? I was there. I'm getting stick left, right, and centre, right? And uh, you, you had that player, I can't remember, he was a really good player, um, the Belgian guy, what was his name? Chadley? He stuck, he stuck his finger in uh, um, Farragut's oh, fight. Moussa Dembele. Yeah, he, he should have been right off, okay? You can't be sort of gouging players like that. It's, it's horrible. We pulled him back to 2 1, right? And when um, uh, Costa and. Um, was his name? Hazard did that one too and he curled that ball in. Listen, it was one of the sweetest moments. I saw. It was beautiful. Because you know what we did? 
we snatched the league away from Spurs. Because right? if we can't win it, you ain't. Yeah? And that was the attitude of the Chelsea fans. We don't want Spurs winning the, uh, the, the uh, Premier League. And you know what? Guess what? We're going to do our damned hardest to make sure they didn't. Do you, know, do you know that night? That night I was in the away end and I looked to my right and there were Chelsea fans with banners for Leicester City. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because it all. anybody but Spurs. You know who else was celebrating that night? The West Ham fans. They were up in... They, they, listen, they loved it. Yeah. I've got a video on my phone. One day I'll send it to you. Right? When Spurs lost the European Cup that night on June the 1st, because it, it was the day before my birthday, right? you should have seen the, the songs they were singing. And I was killing myself for laughing. I didn't know... And when... Um, do you remember in 2006 it was? With the pizza gate or something? Not pizza gate, or the food gate, the poison food Lasagna. gate. The lasagna gate, that's it. The lasagna gate, yeah? They loved it. Anybody, I love it how you say, do you remember? Yeah, of course you can remember. <laughs> Anybody was first, yeah? <laughs> I, was, I was celebrating when Liverpool beat Spurs in the European Cup final. Of course I was. I was first yeah. in the European Cup. Because I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Sean, who will win a trophy next, do you think? Chelsea or Tottenham? Um, hand and heart. Um, we will, uh, I, if Spurs change their mentality in relation to uh, emphasising uh, priorities on trophies, Spurs can win the FA Cup. They could do. It's possible. They've got the team to do so. Uh, obviously, as we speak now, we stand a better chance. I still think we'll get to, I, I think we'll get to the, um, I, think we'll, I think we'll get to the Cowboy Cup final, at the very least, I think. I hope that Foster Coglu does take the FA Cup seriously, I must say, because, of course, 10 changes. And if he, if he takes it seriously and Spurs win it, yeah. then all of a sudden it changes your mentality, Chris. It changes. You're, you're now a winner. Yeah. You've now put a trophy on a cabinet for the first time in probably nearly, what, since 2008. Yeah. That, that is criminal for a club like Spurs. Yeah. The managers and the players that we've had particularly, yeah. Yes. So for me, uh, if anybody can bring you silverware, I think Poster Coglu can. Right? Whether or not you can, you can only. Uh, you, you, it's possible for you to win the Premier League, but two things: you need the right signings in January, and secondly, the players have got to believe that they can win it. If they don't have that belief, Spurs, Spurs have not lost to Man City. That's a great stat. Yeah. So you know, guess what? When Man City roll into town, Spurs have got to have that menta mentality. I don't care if you want to travel. I'm not interested. We're going to beat you. And if Spurs, if Spurs have that, then they stand a good chance. Well, one thing, Sean, that has been excellent so far this season under Poster Coglu, the atmosphere at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has been immense. Um, he said in his press conference the other day, it's, it's like a nightclub, and it really is, because there is a real party atmosphere right now. And, and, and Poster Coglu has a fantastic home record, by the way. Um, what do you think the reception will be like uh, for Pochettino returning to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? I think it'll be very good. I think they, they're not going to be interested in the fact that he's managing Chelsea. They're going to uh, uh, honour and respect what he did in the five years he was in that club. And they, they will definitely give him a good warm, warm reception. Definitely. I, 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 I'm convinced of that. And he deserves it. 
Because yeah. you never, had, you never had a really a, a chance to properly say goodbye to those Spurs, Spurs fans. Not really. And they will give him a warm reception. It's that Chelsea badge, though, Sean. I, I think that Pochettino, um, and I think someone said this in the press conference um, ahead of the Spurs game um, yesterday. Um, if he was returning to Tottenham as Man United manager or PSG manager or someone else, um, you just don't, for me, you just don't go to a rival. I know Pochettino kind of hinted saying that Chelsea are not one of Tottenham's biggest rivals. You are. Of course we, we're always, listen, of course we are. Of course we are. But just because he's now the Chelsea manager and is looking to take three points, they should look beyond that. And I hope they give him the respect and the, uh, the uh, ovation that I think he deserves. And I think you'll get it. I, think, I don't think they'll be him. I personally don't. I'll be disappointed if they do. But I don't think um, they should. Perhaps, so, perhaps, our, perhaps for me personally, I'll applaud Pochettino once we've beaten you 4-0. Yeah. Will, will that work? Uh, that's that's all I'm not going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I generally think, and I'm not just saying this, but um, Chelsea this season have got themselves up against the big teams this season. We should have beaten Liverpool the first game of the season. Yeah, we played really well against Arsenal. How we threw, how we how we managed to throw away uh, um, yeah. that lead was just was criminal. Uh, I think the fact that um, okay, last year uh, when we went to uh, um, the lane, we didn't play that well uh, because obviously we were going through a slump. It was just ridiculous. That was no contest. Yeah, last last year, last year wasn't. Even though I, I, um, the, the first the tall uh, game or brawl at the bridge, um, those two goals Spurs scored that shouldn't have counted. I didn't think, uh, but they did. Um, I've been to that uh, new wonderful stadium at White Hart Lane on two occasions, and on the two occasions I've been, I've never seen Spurs score against Chelsea. Well, I'm going to come on to that. Um, why do you think that Spurs have struggled? Um, at Stamford Bridge in particular in Premier League history. Only one win in 31 years. That was back in 2018. Okay. Um, the, the time we won before that in, in league competition, Gary Lineker scored in 1990. Yeah. Um, was what's the other guy? What's his name again? Oh, I can see his name. Oh, what's his name? Stephen, what's his name again? Stephen. Who's this, Sean? When he beat us 2-1 in 91. What's the name of the guy? You, you should know. I can't remember the name. Um, Stephen. No, not Stephen. What's his name? He's wearing number. He's wearing sort of a ginger here guy. Not gingerish number four. He's wearing what's his name? Come on, you should know. I'll come back to you on that. It was Lindley and somebody else who scored. We lost two one. Why? Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. What? Why? 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 Why have Spurs beaten Man City? Tell me why. It's just one of those things. But but for for a Tottenham fan like myself that goes home and away, um, the times that I dread really are going to Stamford Bridge and going to Emirates. We've only won once at the Emirates in league competition. We've only won once at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. Why do you think that is? Do you think it is a mentality thing for these players? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, and as I say, to be fair, uh, when the, the times, uh, you know, you're talking about Arsenal in the sort of 80s under George Graham, they were strong. They were a strong team. You're talking about uh, under uh, Arsene Wenger. They were a strong team. So Spurs, with all due respect to them, um, weren't all that, unquote. OK, you have great players like Jack David Ginola, who won the Football of the Year in 1999. You won a League Cup in that particular year. Because why? You had George Graham, who was playing no-risk football. 
but he didn't trust players like David Ginola. So what did he do? Benched him. So what it was, right, you, uh, Spurs were playing against um, uh, a Chelsea on the ascendancy in the, um, the late 90s to the turn of the century until we had those signings of the Drogbers, the sort of, uh, who were just fantastic footballers, who, who had that winning mentality of not wanting to lose. I'm not, not going to lose. And, you know, once you've got a record whereby you haven't lost to Spurs in the league in nearly 12 years, when they roll up, guess what you're going to do? Okay, you're going to treat them with all the due respect of being professional footballers. But, you know, guess what? You're not on that level. So you're going to get you're going to get, you're going to get spanked. And that's what happened. So, for me, it was a mentality thing. But I remember one time, it was one all in 2006. And when William Gallows got that winning goal, remember, in the last minute, this is the whole thing. It's brilliant. So... It's those little things there that, you know, Spurs were going just, uh, they had the attitude of going to uh, Stamford Bridge or going to the Emirates not to lose, as opposed to having the mentality that we could win. It's now changing. It's now changing because you notice the, uh, the wins that Spurs have had um, uh, this season against Liverpool, against Sheffield United in particular, that Spurs are playing to the last minute. Yes. Right. They believe to the last minute we can still score goals. And that is a that is a paradigm shift in attitude. So that's why um, um, Spurs are playing really good football. Spurs mentality is completely different under Postacoglu. Uh, and um, that's got uh, the Spurs fans believing that, you know, things can happen. I don't think I don't think one thing I like about Postacoglu. He's not getting ahead of himself. Okay, yeah, I'm unbeaten for the first nine games. Guess what? Graham Potter was unbeaten for the first nine games at Chelsea when he came. What happened? The wheels came off spectacularly. So, Postacoglu is not the type of manager who's going to be excited by that. He's not going to um, allow that to basically say, okay, uh, we're playing well, we're top of the league by two points, we're going to win the league. He's, not, he's an experienced manager to keep players level-headed, feet on the ground, uh, and basically trust the process. Sean, that time we beat you at Stamford Bridge in September 90, uh, David Howes scored the opening. David Howes, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, thank you. David um, what's your expectations and what is the uh, fan base's expectations for this season uh, for Pochettino's yes, first year? Listen, I, I'm not going to lie. Um, start of the season, I said we would be top four. I, I thought I thought we'd get into the top four. I thought we, you know, we'd have a young, vibrant squad who were hungry, keen. Um, but um, you can have all that, but if you haven't got somebody, Chris, who can stick the ball in the back of the net, it means nothing. If you haven't got the players who've got the guile to break down defenses when they play in the low block, it's going to mean nothing. Spurs did. Look at look when they played against Liverpool with nine men. Liverpool were basically back on the halfway line. We were back on the um, six-yard line. Yeah. They kept on probing. They kept on playing the ball, moving it left, moving it right, shifting it, shifting it, threading a little thread through. And what happened? Sean, are you a fan of VAR? No. Nope. <laughs> you didn't even need to think about that. No. Not at all. What do you think that what needs to change? All VAR should do is to determine whether or not um, a goal, uh, a goal is offside or not. I personally think 
that VAR has taken away decision-making from the ref. Because automatically, when VAR say, ref, go to the screen to look at it again, nine times out of ten, the referee doesn't have the courage and conviction to basically say, you know, guess what, I think I've got the first time. It's interesting though, Sean, because even today, the Fulham v Manchester United game, McTominay scored and they, the VAR didn't even want to make the decision. They made the referee go over to the screen for him to make the decision. But, but what, what I'm trying to say to you, nine times out of ten, right, the referee is not refereeing the game. He's, he's basically going over uh, because the guys in sort of Cowley Park are basically saying, well, you should look at it again because I think the decision should be this. Yeah. Which, is not, which is not the way how it should be. A referee, a referee's it. Chris, football's all about um, human error, human mistakes, right? Uh, because that's what keeps you, you. You want VAR to try and make the game as accurate as you possibly can. If I okay, we're taking something completely different. I'm at the Rugby Union World Cup final last week, right? New Zealand have got to try. Great. They don't know they're going to beat South Africa. TMO get involved. What does he do? Bring it back because of the fact that they're saying that was a there was a little knock on. But what does he do? He gives a penalty. But why? Why? Yeah. So for me, if referees had the courage and conviction to referee the game, irrespective of uh, TMO, and make the decision as they see it not when they're directed to sort of make a decision which TMO think you should be making, that's where the problems are. Sean, what Chelsea players do you think that would get into this Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven right now, if any? No. Wow. Were you... Not, were you, not, were you not, Sterling, not even Sterling, and Sterling's playing well. Were you pleased with the uh, summer transfer window? No. Because you bought a lot of players. You offloaded a lot of players. And I think that... Yeah, you bought, I put not one of them, Chris, was a person who could stick the ball in the back of the net. Was, was it right to get rid of Lukaku? Uh, yes, because I would never have signed him in the first place. And Thomas Tuchel didn't want him. Tuchel didn't want him. You spent £97 million on a player, which you got, basically got to try and fit into a system... Um, which uh, you don't want to be playing because Lukaku basically uh, is a, a centre forward who, who doesn't get involved in the sort of intricate sort of laying off. Right, Lukaku wants a ball in front of him, right, decent cross, and he'll score a goal. That works when we have brilliant wing backs. Listen, before Lukaku, listen, we we uh, beginning that season twenty one twenty two by November we were top of the league. We've got we've gone to um, at the Emirates. We crushed Arsenal, crushed them. Absolutely crushed them. Why? Because we had Ben Chilwell on the left, Reese James on the right. Yeah, wing back to a pushing forward who can ping those balls right into the Kaku where he is. Thank you very much. The only one good thing the Kaku did was I was there. He scored the first goal uh, in the uh, World Cup Championship final. Why? Because he put the ball in the air where he likes it. Bang! He scored. That's the only thing he done. I would never have signed him. He didn't want to come to Chelsea. Again, he was lured by the fact that £97 million pounds, right, is, a, is a signing on fee, right, and you can get 300 grand a week. And what did he do? Nothing. 
Sean, what do you make of the appointment of uh, Rhys James as captain? Good, because obviously um, he's the most experienced uh, uh, Chelsea player left in the sort of uh, gold, the, the sort of remnant of the golden age of uh, 2021 uh, Champions League winning team. Uh, so, yes, um, he knows the club. Um, I personally think that um, I, I'm sure he's disappointed that he signed such a lengthy contract because uh, uh, I'm sure he had dreams of wanting to actually play for Real Madrid uh, because he's a fantastic right back. He definitely would have made the World Cup squad uh, last year at the expense of uh, uh, Alexander-Arnold. But those injuries came at the wrong time uh, for him. Uh, and uh, the one thing I'm worried about, Reese James, is that uh, I don't want him to get the um, a reputation of being injury-prone at the age of 23. But yeah. uh, either him or Raheem Sterling. Yeah, you need le Chelsea have got no leaders. Spurs have got leaders because what's... Um, uh, Pastor Coglu has done, he's created all these vice captains and basically saying, look, look, I want you to actually grow. I want you to take responsibility on the pitch. Once you cross that white line, carry out my orders, but I want you to be leaders on the pitch. That's why Romero has grown in stature, particularly that he's got a World Cup winner's medal around his neck. When you've got, yeah. when you've got that around your neck, mate, guess what? You're going to grow in stature because you're a world champion and that's what he is. Yeah, well said. I think that was a great decision from Postacoglu. Son has really stepped up. Uh, Romero, uh, as you mentioned, Madison earlier. Um, Sean, if you could sign two or three Tottenham players for your current Chelsea team, who would you, who would you have? Would it be Pesuma. them? Pesuma. Definitely. Um, obviously, Madison. Uh, and uh, I'd swap out your goalkeeper out, definitely. Do do you uh, do you like the signing of Sanchez? Uh, listen, Brighton are rubbing their hands with glee uh, with uh, Chelsea. Right, because we signed Sanchez, we signed one of the worst footballers ever to put on the uh, uh, Chelsea shirt in uh, uh, right, and uh, Casado for a combined total of well in excess of one hundred twenty million pounds. Someone like Casado. Yeah. You don't lose that quality, do you? He's a you don't lose that quality. I'm looking forward. Right, this is the midfield I think Chelsea should be developing in the future, going forward. The young uh, uh, is it Lever or whatever his name from Southampton? Yeah, Hernandez and Casado. That should be our midfield. Now yeah. that midfield can grow if given time, because as you quite rightly said, for two years Casado. Uh, has been a brilliant player. Why do you think Liverpool uh, wanted to sign him for a hundred million pounds? Well, what did Chelsea do? We well, got more money than Liverpool, right? We're paying you this. Trump that. <laughs> it's all about the money. It, it is, but you know what? Good clubs spend their money wisely. Yeah. You have all yeah. the money in the world, but if you don't spend it prudently and wisely, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to buy dross. What do you think then needs to change at Chelsea for them to stop, keep spending money badly and, and more wisely? Is it just to bring the right people in? Is it, is it recruiting the right people? Bring the right people in, Chris. And B, uh, I think the manager got a greater say, has got to have a greater say in those managers, uh, those players who do come in. Yeah, yeah. Sean, from the people that you've met during your career, football-wise, what footballer, manager or chairman do you think 
that would be a good contestant on the chase? Who's clever? Um, that's a very good question. Lampard, Frank Lampard will do well. He's a bright guy. Um, I think he'd do very, very well. Um, I think, you know, I think, I think Levy would do well as well. I think Levy, very true. I think, I, I think he'd do quite well. What would be your specialist subject now if you went back on Mastermind? Um, Fraser. Well, no, actually, I've done Fraser. So um, I, I suppose, if, I suppose, if I was going to do one more subject, it would be the England football team at the World Cup since nineteen fifty. Chris, we'd be there all day. Sean, apart from football, how do you relax? Well, just before I come onto this podcast, I normally train every single morning. Um, you know, keep myself healthy and fit. Um, I used to run a mile a day, but I've got dodgy knees now, so I can't. I run marathons and things like that. So for me, keep, uh, Chris, it's about keeping myself physically fit uh, and healthy because I think everybody should make an investment in relation to their own personal health. Um, because if you keep your body and mind sharp, um, you keep yourself interested and you keep yourself you know, engaged. Sean, last question for you. Um, what is it like being on the chase? Do any of the other chasers have an interest in football? And uh, of course, I know Bradley Walsh is a, an Arsenal fan. That yeah. must be interesting. Yeah, yeah, we we got loads of banter. I mean, you know, we, uh, to one young he says I'm a big Fulham fan. Uh, Mark Lebet uh, is a big uh, Sheffield United fan. Um, Jenny, obviously, being a Bolton fan. Um, Dara is a big Liverpool fan and not really interested in football. Uh, uh, Paul oh. is a big, I think I said Paul's a Liverpool fan. Um, so, yeah, you know, they like their football. Sean, very last question for you. Score prediction for Monday evening. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Spurs win, by the way. Well, I'm going for, uh, I'm actually going for a Chelsea victory. I think we, I think we are going to win. Um, I think we're doing one now. Wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Well, Sean, you've been a, a fantastic guest. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Me coming into a Spurs podcast, you know, is it not me going into the sort of lines then? But it's been absolutely great fun, and uh, it's a pleasure, Chris. Thank you. Thank you so much, and hopefully we can get you back on um, when uh, Spurs play Chelsea again. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we do that. It's not a problem, probably. Return day. Well, thank you for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And if Spurs win, that would mean five wins in a row. That would be the first time since December 2018, which, of course, was under Maurizio Pochettino. Enjoy the game, everyone. I'll see you on the next podcast. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.